if you could say a little more about uh, the trans Himalayan work you do, because you know I sometimes when I think of uh, Buddhism and ecology in that region, I think of you know Tibetan or Indo-Tibetan perspectives yeah, yeah. maybe, uh, but it seems like you're thinking on a bigger scale there. What's what, yes. what's trans Himalayan? Uh, you know, that, what's that kind of study all about? Yeah, um, I, I sort of want to engage in a bit of a uh, uh, decolonization of uh, mm-hmm. Himalaya studies and Tibetan studies. Now, I don't, again, I don't take any political positions, but as human beings, I feel we are very confined epistemologically about what Himalaya is about. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, admittedly, if we, if we look at the modern history, Predominantly, the publications on Himalayas is written by uh, European explorers and colonial officers, and it's a very uh, much mountain-oriented, hmm. but certainly they yielded to so much knowledge, and it's still we're digesting. Everybody is still digesting, including Indians and Chinese and Botanese, and annually, actually, a lot of us all had it to uh, many library archives in London. <laughs> look at these these but in the meantime we're also thinking about well are we just locked in this colonial archive and look at the mountains itself so um i uh, since i'm so much interested in ecology ecology is lively it's a systemic it's it's not an enclosed eco- one ecosystem one ecosystem and another ecosystem is connected through ecotones mm-hmm. and 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 so nothing's closed but everything is in transition uh, with each other so by looking at that i i i felt that we i, I should go beyond human uh, geography of the himalayas and tibetan plateau and look at environmental geography then mm-hmm. and bracketing human presence i found well, why can't I call it the Trans Himalayas? Um, especially uh, Himalaya and Tibetan water sources. Hmm. They are everywhere. Hmm. <laughs> they, they created civilizations in South Asia, East Asia, and all the way to the f- flatlands. And so when we look at that scale, then everything, mountains and the plains, are very much connected. And the mountains, and because uh, according to uh, climate science, mountains, high mountains, like a, like a screen, like a wall, just mm. it's all the way actually touch the lower end of the atmosphere. I forgot its name, a uh, technical name. Basically intersecting a lot of uh, water. Right. And that's why we have mountain glaciers. Wow. That's yeah, interesting. Yeah. And so when I look at that kind of a, uh, a non-human map or more than human world of Himalayas. And uh, we can't just look at the Himalayas as a mountains. Geopolitically, it's a buffer zone. It used to be like between Tibet and Manchu Qing dynasty. It's the, it's the imperial vision, actually, without ecology, without animals, without plants, without even indigenous people. Um, so I think it's not right. And then so that's why I start with the trans-Himalaya aspect of it. So traditionally, Himalaya region probably consisted around eight or nine countries. I uh, expanded a little bit more. And then you can go to Bangladesh and other other places, even Vietnam, because the Mekong mm-hmm. River and it's, from the, it's a source from Tibetan Plateau. Wow. 
So everything is so intricately connected. And so, and, uh, and then you can think about the image of uh, braids mm. and the land and the rivers braiding a lot of places together. And one river has several names because they go through different ethno-linguistic oh, regions, right. different cultures. And so this is what I see the uh, nourishing aspect of the earth. It's oh, yeah. spectacular. Yeah, that's remarkable. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't realize how much my own uh, thinking was uh, so much of that kind of colonial mindset. When I think about, I think about the mountains <laughs> and I don't think of, well, the mountains are connected to the valleys. It's all part of, you know, watersheds intersecting with one another and, and with the people, with the plants and the animals. Uh, mm -hmm. So yeah, that's a really, it's an interesting way to think about it. I think, you know, of so many, like the whole history of maps is so colonial and imperial. And uh, mm -hmm. so the need to kind of decolonize our thinking on that's pretty, pretty important, especially at a time when, our environment since such degradation. Yes, yes. And then and speaking of the uh, uh, coloniality of history, I mean, I mean Asia had, had its own colonial history. And the Mongols and the Manchus and many other groups were able to conquer a diverse uh, population. It's, it's amazing. And then one of my recent studies connected to Himalaya study, connect Himalayas with the Mongols mm. is the Little Ice Age. <clears throat> mm. now, traditionally, we're always thinking about, yeah, the Mongols were fierce warriors and they conquered so many places, partially Europe and Central Asia and entire this and that. Um, but by the end of the day, if we correlate uh, um, the years and the dates of a climate change, for instance, the Little Ice Age, and actually, there was a pattern that the Mongols were also climate refugees. Mm. The little ice age hit the grasslands. You know, the two, temp two degree temperature drop and means a lot. It's a killing. So livestock were not doing well. And then uh, the, the Chinese, uh, Yuan di their dynasty had a written record uh, simultaneously besides the military invasion of China from north. Uh, step. Um, also, millions of civilians, hmm. they were running away from their homelands, crashing into the agricultural south. So these, uh, these kind of histories allow me to correlate that Mongolian's empire, yes, called climate, empire, and Himalayas. Right. So, so that's amazing. So how Mongols got all the way to the eastern Himalayas, to Myanmar and other places, because on the Himalaya, uh, the eastern Himalaya is shaped like an arc. The mountains are banded. It's usually we think about Himalaya is the uh, it's the west east direction mountains, and then uh, because of the tectonic tectonic force pushing the mountains, actually bend the mountains uh, into the direction north or south. Mm. So that which means monsoons could go in there and a lot of rivers also coming down from the plateau. River also means highways for people mm. to travel in ancient times. Right. Not necessarily travel in the river because it's too rapid. They would travel along the river. So that's what Mongol did. Oh. So they also invaded Tibet and then got into Yunnan, Myanmar and other places. Wow. So these are the I, I try to 
reconstruct climate history too in terms of religion and ecology. So 